Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I'm Marla Martinson, a crystal-loving, tarot-slinging, matchmaker, author, and energy healer. I'm here to inspire you to heal the past, live in the moment, and put some magic and fun in finding your soulmate. This is a place where we talk about all things love, light, how to make your dreams come true, and awaken to your authentic self by consciously creating your reality. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited to have you with me today. So as we are ah, coming into... um, Gosh, the end of summer. Well, not for me in Los Angeles. It's going to be hot here until usually, especially I live in the Valley until early December, it'll be pretty hot. But uh, uh, for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, it's the last hurrah and, you know, goals getting the last half of your goals set up for the last half of, of the year. And today I'm talking about making the money you want, but in a spiritual way. And and making those goals. And one of the things that I'm going to be probably talking about for the next two months is uh, my celebration of a decade of owning my own business. In, on September 14th, 2009, I walked out of my J-O-B and I ended up uh, starting my own matchmaking business. Uh, I had been a matchmaker before working at a Beverly Hills uh, firm, which I wrote all about in Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker, my memoir, which you can get on Amazon. But um, I never uh, knew that I was going to own my own business, never thought I could. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, that's for other people. I don't know how to do that. Uh, but I, I did it. And I have a a little quote that I want to read to you from Louise Hay, uh, her book, Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner Wisdom. I am working at a career that I really enjoy. What do you think about your work? Do you think of it as drudgery that you have to do, or do you see it as something you really love to do and enjoy? Begin to affirm that what you do is very fulfilling to you. You get pleasure from your work. You connect with the creativity of the universe and allow it to flow through you in fulfilling ways. Affirm this every time negative thoughts come up about your work. And the affirmation, when you release any negative thoughts or feelings you have about work, you find that each day becomes a joy and an adventure. Because how many times do many of us say, oh, my God, it's another Monday morning, or thank God it's Friday, or, oh, I can't wait till 5 o'clock. And that's not a way to live, just living for the weekends or the few hours you get after work. It's just, it, it breaks my heart. And for many, many years, for 20 years, I was, I was a waitress slash actress. I, I always did a lot of fun things. I traveled. I took a lot of classes, got involved in things, but those 20 years of working in restaurants and waiting on tables, even though there were some fun times, I always knew it wasn't for me. It was not my calling. It was not my dream. And I used to pray and pray and pray, please, God, get me out of this this business. And uh, so now I'm coming up on almost two decades of matchmaking. So it's very interesting. And today I have a wonderful guest uh, called Sharon Hess, and she is going to give us some tips and help us uh, to know 
how to bring your intuition into your work. Um, so Sharon began her spiritual teaching in 1992, facilitating A Course in Miracles. She's empowered thousands toward peace, love, and abundance with her practical and often humorous approach toward knowing yourself fully. Her greatest gift is helping you see past your own crap so that you know where your focus really needs to be so that you can make the money you want. And, of course, the money means nothing if you're not happy along the way. So I'm going to bring Sharon on right now. Hello, Sharon. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Yes, so you are an intuitive business coach. Just tell us a little bit about how, how you got into this. And, and, uh, oh, goodness gracious. You know, mine was, mine was quite a journey, just like anyone's, right? Um, all my life, I basically helped other people create businesses. Um, mm-hmm. And toward the latter part of my, I'll say, traditional career, um, although I think what we do is now becoming traditional, so, <laughs> I think so. right? I probably need, yeah, I probably need to stop using that term, but who knows? Anyway, yeah. uh, people probably understand what I mean by that. So when I worked in a nine-to-five job, right, for somebody else, um, I was very um, insightful as far as things to bring forth, and I was using my intuition, right, and and the stuff that I knew spiritually, and not realizing, recognizing that's why it was becoming successful. But I always Mm -hmm. did it as an employee because I didn't want to take a risk. And um, I think there's a good lesson there because it's like, what are we really risking? <laughs> I'm laughing because I had a young lady last night. I had a young lady last night. And she, she was sitting there. was at an event. She was sitting there, and she was scared to death because she said she had messed up, and she'd probably get written up. And I just looked at her, and I said, so? She literally started crying, and I was like, okay, so what's worst-case scenario, right? But anyway, I digress a little bit. But um I, so I didn't want to risk leaving that paycheck. And I know that's one of the hardest things to let go of, right? It's like we think mm-hmm. that that paycheck gives us security. And it really doesn't because what if, if they decide to let you go tomorrow, you're gone, right? Mm-hmm. If they decide to close tomorrow, you're gone. So we look at what I call false security within jobs, And there's nothing wrong with being in a job. If you love your job and you feel like you're being paid well for it, that's fine. That's wonderful. But what was happening with me was I was helping create these, you know, like amazing businesses. I love startups, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. because I love creating something from nothing. But I would do it as an employee, and then they would make tons of money, like the last place I left was worth, I mean, major millions of dollars. And, um, And then I would get pissed off. Because they had the money, and I'm really the one who did it, right? <laughs> but right. I'm laughing because because I agreed to that. I agreed right. to that. So I knew that there was something within me that needed to figure out why I kept doing that. Why didn't I deserve it, right? So the last um, job that I actually had, I moved. I'm originally from New Orleans, and I had lived there my whole life. I was in my late 50s, and I moved to Indiana to start a business for someone else. The recession hit, and I did my typical MO. You know, I was going to do my own business, but somebody offered me a paycheck, so here I go, you know. 
<laughs> yeah. and um, and I end up there, and then the recession hit, and I got laid off. So uh-huh. I laugh now because that was in 2008, so I started my business like you in 2009. Happy anniversary coming up for you, right? <laughs> yeah, so, I would say, um, when I left, it was a recession. It was very scary, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But I always laugh, and I say it's the only way God could get me out of the swamp. Right, yeah. <laughs> because and and you know now when I go back there, which I ha- I went back recently, it's just so different. And I realize had I stayed there, I would have never grown and expanded on a soul level like I did leaving that comfort zone. And that's what people mean when they talk about you know life is outside your comfort zone. It's because the only way that you will experience new things is to go out and do new things, right? Um, so I, so I start, so I wasn't going to start my own business and then I thought, well, I need to start my own business. And I was, I had a non-compete. So I, I thought, well, I don't want to really get sued because they have a lot more money than I do. So I went to an attorney and I said, what can I do? Can I do my own business doing this? Cause I was, it was a print and mail shop and I was going to actually broker mail. And, uh, he said, well, we can go to a judge and let him tell you, but, the, the, the soonest we can get a court date is October. Well, guess when my non-compete was up? October. So I thought, <laughs> okay, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to do anything. And it was it wasn't that long. It's just a couple of months. But anyway, so I uh, I saw a guy and he said people aren't buying for the same reasons post recession as they did before the recession. And so I thought, oh. That's interesting. If there's something new in marketing, I need to learn it, right? I love the way the universe works. See, I got guided down this path without me even realizing what it was doing for me, right? So I took the class, and the first coaching call, it was they did, uh, like you got little things, and then he would, you would apply, and then he would coach a specific person. The first coaching call, he started talking about her inner self, her spirit, her journey, her soul, you know, and I sat there and I went, oh, uh, 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 I didn't know people actually talked about this, right? right. So that kind of started, yeah, so that started me down the journey of looking at, okay, so people do talk about this. Where is there a market for this? What is it people really need to learn? And, of course, I've done many different things along the way. First, I thought it was a business coach. Uh, no, at first I thought it was a sales coach, and that didn't work. Then I thought it was a business coach, and that didn't work. And then I thought it was a success coach, and that didn't work. And um, so just don't don't give up. You know, keep searching and keep trying to find out what it is that you are actually supposed to be doing. And my gift is actually a couple of things. I help people make money with their gift, but it's really helping people go within and find out what is their missing piece of the puzzle when it comes to bringing their spirituality into their life and business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what are some of the ways that we can bring spirituality into our business? I mean, what are just a, well, a few what, what, things you can do? Well, one of the biggest things, you know, at the beginning you talked about um, um, your authentic self. And mm-hmm. I think one of, the, one of the biggest issues that we have is we don't really – understand what our authentic self really is and the reason for that is because uh, uh, there's something attached to that and you can 
share with me what you what your feelings are in this. But there's something the authentic self. There's something within because of the way we're raised and the way society is. There's still some of that should attached to it, right? Yeah. So yeah. we really need to dig in and look at what are you know my core beliefs are not the same as yours, and my spiritual mm-hmm. beliefs are not the same as yours. But they're similar, but they're not going to be exactly the same because we're two different beings, right? So what happens is we get so stuck in that we think even we even think that being authentic has to look a certain way, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I mean right. that's funny if you yeah. think about it, right? Yeah. So yeah. I I found that a lot of people don't even really know what being authentic means. I know a couple of years ago it became really really popular in marketing. I'm being my authentic self, be your authentic self. And all they were doing was like regurgitating everything about them every hour of the day. And that's not what being authentic is because it's not, it's, it's about really understanding who you are and bringing who you are into the equation. And who you are doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to tell everybody everything all the time. You have to learn how to discern those kind of things. Yeah, and I found get being authentic. I mean, when I was working for this other, you know, company, this boss, and and I didn't, you know, I found there were some things ethically that I didn't like that, you know, that he was doing and stuff. I felt so inauthentic because I had to pretend, you know, with smile at him and oh yes, uh, you know, you're great. When in inside, I was like, you know, I don't like you. <laughs> so right, I, I felt right, like I and sometimes we do, and, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, sometimes we do that for survival, you know. So don't, so don't right. ever feel bad if you're if you're like in survival mode, you know. I just want right. to, you know, say that because because I know exactly what you're saying. And I thought about that, Marla, is that when we're working for another person, it's their karma. We're kind of attached to their karma. Does that make sense? Right. So if yeah. you're doing it, if you're doing it as an agreement, as an employee for that paycheck. Um, it's yeah. not, don't yeah. think about it as you're, you know, like creating this, you know, bad karma or, or negative stuff. Just look at it right. and think, why, why am I putting up with this? Yeah. Really? Because, and, and, you know, and, and we, we come up with all kinds of excuses, but what you really need to look at is, I, you know, you can work for another person and have a wonderful, peaceful, joyful, abundant life. And mm-hmm. be your spiritual self and bring everything that you want to into this world, not necessarily as an entrepreneur, although, hey, you know this. When you become an entrepreneur, you go on the fastest spiritual journey you will ever take in your life, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more satisfying than being able – my dream was just – oh, Sharon, it was just to – make my own schedule, I was starting to get pissed off, too, because here I was coming up into my 40s, you know, our testosterone rises a little when we're getting older, right? We're like, I'm not taking this crap. And and he was, I was getting resentful that the boss, there was two bosses, that they were coming in at noon, they were taking three days off, uh, that I had to work on, new, you know, up until a certain time yeah. on New Year's Eve and different holidays, and I had to ask, like, can I go, can I get off, come in late on Monday, I have a mammogram, or, you know, like, it was just, I was missing out and on things, and I was, start, I was starting to get re- resentful <clears throat> of it, like, I have, so the best thing these 10 years that I'm able to fly up and see my mom in Seattle every two months, I'm able to go to every family event, every, any, you know, everything, and do things, make my own schedule, it is 
golden. I mean, it, it just, it's just there's nothing better than that. You know, nobody's telling me right. what to do. Right. Plus you, but plus you have the personality to be an entrepreneur. Not every, not everyone does, and not everybody wants that. Like I said, it took me all those years to. Um, I didn't want to take that risk factor, right? I didn't and either. I didn't, and I was forty-seven right. when I became an entrepreneur. So yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So we. So we all we fear, fear yeah. taking that risk. But I see a lot of young folks now doing it way younger. But I also think that when you have a desire. To do things like, I mean, set your own schedule, uh, do your own, you know, whatever it is to you, whatever, quote, unquote, freedom is to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes, having your own business may bring that to you, but it may not. Because another thing mm-hmm. I see is I see a lot of people just create another job for themselves. Right? Mm, okay. Do you understand what mm-hmm. I mean by that? Yeah. In other words, it, yeah. And so what you have to do when you're creating your life when you're creating your business, no matter what it is you're doing in life, is you have to yeah. always uh, pay attention to, am I following my divine self? Am I following that mm-hmm. part of me within myself that is helping my soul grow and expand? Right. Because my belief is anything that we do and anything that comes to us in our life is for that soul expansion, right? Right, um, right. Yeah, so it's not, you know, it's, it's so I'll just say this, entrepreneurship is not for everybody, for one thing, mm-hmm. and if it is, then don't, you have to look at, okay, so like the reasons maybe that you were continuing to work for someone else, and I say this from my own personal, um, you know, experiences, is because of my deserving worthiness issues. And so they were mm-hmm. still there when I first started my business. Like I said, I was three different things right. before I decided what the hell I was, right? Um, right? But that's because, yeah, but that's because, I, you know, well, am I really worthy of this? Do I really deserve this? And so I had to do a lot of the inner work on myself, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, so that's no matter where well, you are, no matter what you do. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it's, I mean, and it can be scary. When I left, I was, I was literally shaking. I'd be on the you know, phone talking to somebody, and I was shaking, like shivering, freezing cold, scared, because I was afraid that my ex-boss would, you know, come after me, like if I started my own business or, you know, because he, exactly. he was angry. Or, yeah, so I, I didn't have a non-compete, thank goodness. Um, and I didn't plan to start my own business right away, but I couldn't find any another job and I was looking and looking, but what happened was the universe shut me down. It was like my friend who is a, a spiritual practitioner. She says, Marla, the universe had to pry you out of that job and close all the other mm. doors to, to make you, you know, go into what you really were meant to do. And um, right. I saw that, you know, yeah. So it was very interesting. It was, it was scary and uncomfortable, but I just breathed through. I told myself, stay calm. And I didn't have much money saved. My husband was furious. And I just said, just stay calm. And everything, I mean, clients, guys started calling me, looking me up and tracking yeah. me down that I'd worked with before and asking if I, if I could. And I was afraid to do it. And then I said, well, I'm running out of money and I better do something. So I said, get your butt down there and sign up a guy and do it. And I, I thought, gosh, yes, I can do this. And it worked out phenomenal. So so you never but know. You really scary. never know. Yeah. I. Yeah, I I thought I was going to do the same thing, just in a different package. But as it turned yeah. out, mm, that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah. 
Right, right. But that's because yeah. for me, I kind of, I kind of like denied this whole spiritual teacher for ages. You know, it's like I'm, I'm a spiritual teacher. Are you kidding me? I'm not a healer. Eh, eh, no way. I don't want that label. But that's the thing that I learned. Okay, there is no particular package that a spiritual teacher has to come in. Yeah. So Sharon, when people come to work with you, what happens? Like maybe they're in a job they're not so happy with or they want to start something new how long do you work with people what do you what does it look like it depends I don't have like a cookie cutter approach um because Mm -hmm. I follow spirit and I follow guidance and um Mm -hmm. one of the things I love 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 doing is I love helping helping pull the vision out of the person of what it Mm -hmm. is they really want to be doing and um, you know, like bringing forth that soul vision so that they know. I actually had a, a client last uh, two weeks ago, and she had her she had a business, and it was really um, after we did the I call it the magic that I do. It's not really me doing it; I'm just the messenger, right? Um, it was like she really had everything in in line for what she needed to be doing. She just needed a whole shift in the focus the purpose and the awareness, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then I, then once, once I do that, if I help pull that vision out, then I help, you know, coach them through it uh, for, I have different programs. I have a three-month program. I have a six-month program. It depends on the person, right? right. Uh, some people right. more need more hand-holding than others. Some people are further along. So I generally have a conversation. We kind of figure out, what did you know like where are you where do you want to go and what it's going to look like from there right right and what are some of the uh tell me a couple of the success stories like what they ended up doing well um (laughs) i'm laughing i have one one girl that actually um is probably my favorite story when we first connected it was like i told her you're a writer and she's uh-huh. like, no, I'm not a writer. I want to put together a coaching business doing whatever, you know. So I'm like, okay, because you can't force anyone if they're not ready to see it and do it, whatever. So anyways, like here it is like three years later, and guess what she does? She writes for a newspaper. Um, oh, my part God. Time. It's, part, it's, just, <laughs> it's just part of what she does. She still has her other business, right, where she services people in that way. But her favorite thing to do and the thing she absolutely loves is writing for the paper. So um, I love that story because it was someone who was very, very unhappy in life who now absolutely loves her life. And that's, you know, that's the most important thing to me is not what you do. It's not the amount of money you make. It's not who you are in this world. Are you happy? Do you find joy getting up and facing the day, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's what it's all about. It's all about, I always say, peace, love, joy, and abundance. And abundance doesn't mean money. Abundance means being abundant in every area. And if you're right. in joy, let me tell you something, everything falls in place because you can't be in peace if you're not in joy. You can't have abundance if you're not in joy, right? Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. be in love if you don't have joy. So right. it's, they're, all, they're all interconnected. Just like we're it's all mind, body, yeah. soul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like as a matchmaker, I mean, I see like a lot of the things you're saying is the same in relationships. Like if you say, well, why am I putting up with this? Or, you know, if you're in a relationship you're not happy with, or why am I, you know, finding the joy in it, finding what your soul wants? 
Um, so it's, it absolutely is all connected. And, and, and I also, um, you know, was excited to talk to you be, just because a lot of them uh, men, so my clients are, are uh, my paying clients are men. They're pretty much the affluent men. And then um, the women can join the database for free. And also I'll get the feedback after the date. And uh, I've heard over the years, many times the men will say, oh, the woman just, you know, it was such a drag because the uh, the woman used, my date used our date pretty much as as a therapy session. She just complained, you know, about, you know, the fact that she's broke or the fact that she hates her job or her boss or or whatever. Or they'll say, can't you just find me a woman who's happy with her life? Or, you know, I I want a woman who, who, you know, enjoys what she does or is not just looking for a man to solve everything. And you think now, I mean, it's, you know, the 21st century, well, you know, women are holding high-level jobs. We're, you know, doing a lot better than men in a lot of areas. But there's still... Uh, women who are still hoping to snag that, you know, rich guy and have them solve their problems, but finding something, well, that I you, think, yeah, find, it, it, yeah, speak to that. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think part of it, there's two things there that came up in my mind is part of it is the, is the collective consciousness because we have, I teach mm-hmm. that we have our subconscious mind, which is what we're not aware of, our conscious mind, which is what we're aware of, our um collective consciousness, which is, you know, like the world or society as a whole, and then our God consciousness. So if we can, which would be whatever God means for you. For me, God is total unconditional love energy that created all that is, right? So if you can get to your God consciousness, it trumps everything else. But I think what happens, particularly with women, first of all, let me let me address this. I do look at, I do go look at souls in the Akashic Records, and I look at soul histories, which is like a past life story, but I call it soul history because I look at it for a different reason. And um, what so what I know is that we come into being either a male or a female for a reason, for our soul to expand in certain areas, right? And so females are the nurturers. Men are the hunters-gatherers. But that doesn't mean that you can't be equal on some levels, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what both sexes want. I think both want to maintain, like you want to maintain your femininity. A man wants to maintain his masculinity, but also feel like you're, on equal footing as a person, right? right exactly. Which, yeah. yeah. And so if we could all do that, yay, Ron, that would be wonderful, right? But I think the collective yeah. consciousness has this has has so much energy attached to it that that the woman has to be taken care of by the man, even if you're yeah. a woman taking care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And that the man, you know, in the same respect, has to take care of the woman. So, so there's some of that within the collective consciousness that is keeping us from just both sexes stepping fully into who they yeah. are via what sex they are. Does it matter, right? Right. Um, yeah, so think, absolutely. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's part of it. I think part of it's in our DNA, but um, this is a rather complicated um, Maybe we should do a show on this. There's a whole thing. We'll do you know, a show on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, our, our we're DNA. Out of time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So our DNA, you know, your consciousness can trump your DNA. In other words, if right. you can come to a level of that God consciousness, that can trump what's in your DNA. So anyway, so I love it. People sit and chew on, huh? <laughs> yeah. So everybody, here, will here do a it part is. Two. We'll do a part two here, of this here. with Sharon and and everybody. Her um, her website is linked up back at Blog Talk Radio, but it's Sharon Hess H E S S dot com, 
and go check her out. And don't forget to go to my website, marlamartinson.com, and get your free self-love guided meditation. And my memoir, Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker, it's a great summer read. You will love it. And if you like this show, please give me a rating on iTunes. It greatly helps others find the show. And I'm sending everybody much love. And thanks for joining me, Sharon. Thank you so, so much. And next time we will talk about your DNA is not your destiny. Oh, great title. All right. Look forward to that, everybody. (laughs) Take care. Much love. Bye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.